After 20 plus years of clinical practice and business coaching, after thousands of hours spent on doctoral research and interviews, Dr. Elizabeth Joy has concluded there are massive misconceptions about the world's elite. It's time to disrupt the archaic thinking surrounding professionalism and success, providing leaders with safe space to unpack the wins and woes. Now, let's join Dr. Joy for Disruptive Discourse. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Disruptive Discourse. Today, we have my girl, Sherry Lloyd, with us. She is a business owner and really has an interesting, on this interesting journey of maneuvering, uh, kind of still finding her voice and evolving while, you know, being the partner of a very successful man. She's, they're both business owners, they're both leaders, right? And so we know as ladies that um, we always want to honor our guy, but but we also, you know, kind of want to make sure we got the spot, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to share. She also just went through a really like, whoa and wow moment um, with her family and discovering mental health background within her family and thinking about how those realities have impacted her in ways she knew a while back and other ways she's just now figuring out. So let's see what she's got to share with us. When you think about this concept of disrupting the archaic definitions of professionalism and success, what comes to mind for you? For me, that's a big one because I think I personally uh, lived in an archaic <laughs> zone for a while. Okay. <laughs> Just sort of busting loose out of my archaic ways. Mm. Um, so I would say, you know, for me, I just said it, maybe a busting loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> necessarily, uh, uh, you know, a, a big intellectual <laughs> term, but <laughs> that's just how I feel. Um, Yeah, it's it's like a new day. I feel like I'm in a new birth. So, yeah. Oh, it's juicy and it's fresh. So I need details, please. And share as you're comfortable with. What do you mean when you say busting loose? What you've been breaking out of, girl? Talk to us. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting, right? Uh, I, I turned 51 this year. And Happy birthday! That's thank right. You. I recall. Fifty-two, you know, and I, I, you know, it's interesting because I think for me in this year, um, you know, we've gone through a lot of change, right, with the pandemic. I personally went through a lot of change with, you know, just in my personal life with the passing of my grandmother, my mom, and everything I knew uh, in my hometown doesn't exist anymore, mm. and. Just really evolving to who I am in this moment. And mm. that took a minute. Um, that just, you know, didn't happen overnight. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the people who are around me, them getting used or are, are, are really now watching me be who I am today. I think that's mm. really different for not only me, but for everyone who's around me. Mm. Okay. So, what was archaic? Give me some examples of the archaic personal or professional realities that you were previously submitted to living in, walking out, and where you are today. Yeah. Well, you know, for, okay, let me, let me give a little, just a tiny bit of background in my sure. life. Sure. Gamma. 
husband's from New York City, right? So that meetup is a, is a, is a completely <laughs> different meetup. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was, I was, you don't realize, at least I didn't, I didn't realize how much I was under the thumb of my value system or the value system that was imposed upon me mm. from my family in Alabama. And then marrying someone from New York City, but his family still had, you know, Southern roots. And those Southern roots look different than my family's Southern mm. roots. So it realizing how your my partner, my husband, is under the thumb of his you know, family values. Mm. And even though we're in our fifties trying to say, okay, that's really not who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the passing of my mother and my, my grandmother, my mother actually allowed me to free myself. Mm. Not that I felt like I was in a bad place, but to free myself to be who I'm supposed to be as mm. an adult and an individual in this world. Girl, I'm going to just keep pulling. I'm double, I'm like quadruple clicking now. So give me some examples because I have a lot of ideas in my head, but I want to know yours when you talk about those. Because I'm literally imagining these two cultures because I remember when I, I didn't really know what it meant to be Midwest from the Midwest. Like I knew the term, but until in my mid twenties, when I traveled and then I moved out West I was like, oh, the culture difference. That was my first time really getting a sense of how the cultural component, right, could be different. And so I thought of that immediately when you spoke to it. But your perspective, and I can also think about the family pieces of like how we're raised. And and I do, I speak a lot about that in my coaching of like, what definitions are you subscribed to? And we're all, unless you've done some work, you're subscribed to a definition that you didn't write, right? So tell me about what were those family cultures, expectations that were imposed upon you, as you say, and 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 then where have you shifted to since then? Absolutely. Um, you know, really, I would say in my family, uh, and, and maybe this is, uh, you know, you have the, the data, I'm speaking just <laughs> terms, but... You know, there was mental illness in my family. My grandfather was mentally ill. He was diagnosed schizophrenic. And mm-hmm. um, I honestly didn't know that until, like, really didn't know that. And still don't know a lot because mm-hmm. my family doesn't talk about it. But my grandfather was diagnosed uh, schizophrenic. And he was uh, released from uh, the, the, the mental institution in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a very famous mental institu- institution that actually, I think, destroyed all the records. Uh, from African-American patients. So it would even Mm. be impossible for me to maybe dig in a little more if I wanted to. But, um, you know, being in a family and watching that family hurt and not really knowing that different members of my family were hurting, but watching their behaviors. And some of those behaviors, you know, I would say transferred to me, not knowing that they were unhealthy, they weren't really you know, things that I needed to carry on in my life, but I, I didn't know. And it wasn't until, I'll be honest, it wasn't until the passing of my grandmother and mother and then watching my daughter mature and mm-hmm. seeing her doing some of the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, whoa, you know, 
okay, where'd you get that from? And then some of it's really good, right? And then she's developed because she's never lived in an environment around a lot of family. So I don't think she was heavily influenced by my family or my husband's family. She just kind of saw us both and mm-hmm. then decided to develop her own ways. And mm-hmm. so for me, I'm watching my 20-year-old daughter be the person that she's supposed to be in life. And, and honestly, it's been very encouraging to me to say, okay, you know, I can be the person who I want to be in life. Mm. And that that was freeing for me. That, that's been very freeing for me. So, yeah, I would say, you know, just little things like, um, you know, eating the same thing for the holidays, which, you know, I would say a lot of families do that. That's not uncommon. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, just, um, okay, let me take it back even more with the family dynamic. Owning a business that encourages people to think outside the box. Now, mm-hmm. I already know I'm not your typical person. I am someone who loves to explore. You know, I, I, I love to be out. And I've always been that way. But because of family limitations, I didn't necessarily do it in the way I think I would have done it if I had re- uh, received um, encouragement to do so. Mm. I encourage my daughter to do it. So through mm. that, right, I'm able, like, we hang out all the time. Like, if you see her, you see me. And you see me, you see her. I think that's mm-hmm. the TikTok thing. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's a little TikTok thing. I forgot to throw that in there. Um, but, you know, just really saying, okay, I don't have to, we change as we, you know, and again, I'm speaking for myself, you have the data, but we change as we age and as we Mm -hmm. grow. And some of us try to force ourselves, and I was one to stay Mm. in a zone that we shouldn't be in. And I can say I was guilty of doing that and not necessarily seeing my growth, see the growth of my husband, seeing the growth of my child, even to seeing the growth of the dog. <laughs> the dog is not doing the same when we bought him as a puppy. He's old now, so you know he's like, I need a nap. I ain't trying to go out there and run around and play today. So, you know, <laughs> you know, nah. So, you know, I, I've really taken, the, the pandemic allowed me to examine me mm. and within and to understand like okay why am I hurting about this why am I still hurt like this happened Mm -hmm. years ago this happened 10 years ago this happened 20 years ago but I'm still living in it Mm. and you know I've had a lot of great words some from you and you know I just decided I need to not be in the past I need Mm -hmm. to keep taking that into today and I Mm -hmm. also need to stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow and be present right here and that has been so freeing. Like, mm. oh my goodness. I just felt like a weight was taken off of me because I, I stopped blaming. I stopped blaming myself. I stopped blaming others. Um, mm. And I just started living um, the life that I feel that I'm supposed to be living in this moment. Wow. I have so much to keep all the little streams of thoughts yeah. together. <laughs> so I hear... Almost, I think I lost a third one already. There were two, and then there was a third. Let me see if I can get them all. One, I feel like, and you tell me if I'm, I'm hearing correct. One, I'm hearing, I think I'm hearing you say that what you've been describing really is this journey from self-suppression or self-containment, self-monitoring, yeah. staying in the box, to yeah. a season of 
self-promotion to be an explorer and really to be who you are rather than, uh, I guess, form and mold yourself into ensuring that you stay into this box. Is that is that accurate? Oh, I would say that's um, totally accurate. Okay. Totally accurate. Absolutely. So, so the second thing I think I heard, it sounds like you were vacillating between depression and anxiety. And as a clinician, I'll just, for you and the guests, typically when you look at depression, that's when folks are looking in, in, in the back, looking in the rear view so much so that they're kind of reliving and keeping alive what has happened. And anxiety typically is this experience of looking forward and being concerned and worried about what might occur soon. And so it sounds like you were in the space of vacillating between a lot of time in the rear view and a lot of time in the forward uh, venture view and, and, and missing that middle part, which is the now. Absolutely. You're hundred percent spot on. So I can't remember my third one, but I come up, I came up with another third one. And I love this. So it's so you're you're fifty one. One. And yeah. so I think I also hear you saying, and I love this, because this is not something we've talked about yet on disruptive discourse. It sounds like you've entered your prime of personal, probably professional development. We haven't gotten there yet. I think you were probably much very far into your professional development journey. But it sounds like you're really leaning into a personal development journey. And and I love it because a lot of folks, you know, question, is it too late? And it sounds like you're 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 this is like a new season uh, for for growth, because I know you own a business and you've done amazing things in your career. And now you're exploring this other piece. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like I'm in my prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, today. Um, yeah, I lived and not that anyone asked me to, let me say that no one was asking me to live in their shadow. However, Mm -hmm. when we go back to cultural values, right, I came from an environment, a small Alabama town. And I have to say this, I love my Alabama town, (laughs) Florence, Alabama. I love it. Um, but I think some of those value systems, there really, you know, women being very submissive in a Mm -hmm. way I feel like uh, didn't allow me to be myself. Um, even, you know, just, you know, I can remember, I'll give an example. Um, when I, I was, I was working, I was a fully working adult, had been out of college two or three years, couldn't find a dermatologist in my hometown. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Decatur, Alabama, but mm-hmm. apart from Huntsville, Alabama, if you're familiar with Huntsville, Alabama, and mm-hmm. and uh, University of Huntsville at, at uh, space centers there, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, to book an appointment to go to Decatur, Alabama. They had an opening for a derm- at a dermatology office there. And my grandmother said to me, she goes, you know, I watch the news all the time and I'm really afraid for you to drive there. Mm. And I mean, that was like 35, 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And do you know, I mean, I went, but I drove there nervous the mm. whole time thinking, you know, maybe she's right. You know, I'm going to get you know, attacked or mugged, you know, they get all crazy thoughts, right? Yeah. And that, that kept me, I was just talking to my daughter. And when I graduated from college, I mean, I would say I was very uh, conservative with 
you know, I was making, you know, pretty decent money for a person. I, I got hired before I graduated. I worked for a New York Times group, group newspaper and I got hired before I graduated from college. And when I graduated from college, I really lived below, below my means. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. else was pushing a fence and pushing a this and pushing a that. And I was driving a Mazda Protégé. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can remember my boss going, oh, you're not going to get another car? And I was like, mm -mm. you know, I, I, I was, you know, saving like crazy mm -hmm. amounts of money. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a value system that I, I think I inherited that I don't think necessarily was bad, but it could have been some leniency in there because I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't accustomed to getting my nails done. You know, I didn't get my hair done. I, I never had a massage, you know, I just, and I wouldn't even really travel a lot. I, I would mm -hmm. take vacation. I'm, I'm 22, 23, 24. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I owned my own home at that time as well. And I'd work in the yard all week. Mm. And I was telling my daughter that. And she was like, Mom. She's like, Mom, what's wrong with you? <laughs> working in the yard on vacation. And, you know, when she said that to me, I thought, girl, you're right. You know, so now, you know, I'm breaking out of some of these norms mm -hmm. uh, that, that I, that, you know, that, that was a part of my family dynamic. And then, you know, transfer it on to me. And I'm just now kind of breaking out of those things and saying, all right, you know, this is my time to live. And it, it's really my major was radio, television and film in college. I wanted to be a news anchor. But, um, you know, I wound up, you know, marrying someone who has a very type A personality. So not that he asked me. Let me first say that he's <laughs> never asked me to do any, any of this. But I wound up maybe supporting him and pushing mm -hmm. him forefront, right? So even in our current business, we own a couple of businesses. He founded one. We founded one uh, together, a tech startup together. You know, I ran into a, a situation of people recognizing him and, and acknowledging him as the owner of our business and not even looking at me, you know, mm -hmm. totally ignoring that I was there. Mm -hmm. And when I addressed it with him, because I felt like it was his fault, right? You know, he's looking at me like, uh, how's that my fault? You know, <laughs> like, you're right. I mean, I, I honestly don't feel I never put myself out there for anyone to even see me in that way. Right. Even though my name is on all the paperwork and right. all the accounts and everything. And I'm behind the scenes making things doing the, work. Uh -huh. doing the work. Right. And so what I've started to do this year, and it's been a challenge for me, I, I'm still challenged with just putting myself out there because mm -hmm. I've never done that. I would say most see me, but they would always, you know, well, what does she do? Like, we know what he does, but what does mm -hmm. she, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have to have to, I never pat myself on the back. I just always was, you know, submissive to other people. Mm. And a lot of that was due to, you know, having narcissism in my immediate family, lots mm -hmm. of narcissism. Mm -hmm. So it was always me making others feel good, not understanding that they were narcissists and it was just never going to end. My mom was a narcissist just mm. to be forthcoming. And so I was always in her shadow. I think there was a little bit of jealousy there. Uh, no, I don't think I'm fully aware. There was jealousy <laughs> there. Oh, I'm gonna speak that. it, girl, speak it. <laughs> that. You know, I believe, you know, my mom, my parents divorced when I was well, my dad just walked out and left us. Just mm. kind of happened when I was 15. He just walked out and didn't come back. And, 
he had challenges in his family, right? So I'm the product of two broken families. You know, mm -hmm. my mom's dad was, you know, schizophrenic. It's all kind of stuff probably was going on in their home that they never discussed. And then my father, you know, his father was, and then my, well, my mother's, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather was shot and killed in the basement of my grandmother's home. Mm -hmm. And then my paternal grandfather, um, you know, was in a car chase with the police and, you know, died in a car accident. And both those incidents, you know, made the front page of the paper, which I hope, you know, I hold both of those original copies right now. So mm -hmm. when you grow up and then you have these two families and they never discuss things and, and they mm -hmm. married, right? Yep. They're still not discussing and there wasn't any therapy going on, right? Right. You're as a child, I'm watching all of this colliding happen, right? And then it just caused so many issues. And, and I just really, I probably, didn't know what was going on with me. I, I, you know, why am I, why do I always feel this way? Why do I always feel hurt? Why am I always made to feel hurt? But yet when we go in public, if you went to my hometown right now and you mentioned my dad's name, who's deceased as well, my mom and my dad are both deceased. Um, I, I just don't think anyone would think that what I'm saying is true mm -hmm. because I was taught when you walk out the house, you smile. Right. Don't, tell anyone your issues or your problems. And um, I just didn't do that, right? And so I've just gotten to a point where I can say, I mean, it's, listen, just gotten to a point where I can say, this is what was going on in my home, in my childhood home, right? Mm -hmm. And then this is what's going on in my home today. Right. And still what's causing me to either, you know, could be a, a part of a, I won't say 100% causing, but a part of what has caused me to not put myself in front of people for fear of, I would say judging, uh, yes. which, you know, judging. And then I thought, I really don't care. This is just the truth. And I'm tired <laughs> of people thinking I'm some perfect being because when people see me, right, things I, we, I would, I didn't, you got the data. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking from what I think. <laughs> Let me always say this. If anybody's listening, I'm speaking from just what I think. I don't have uh -huh. the data. But, you know, you get judged from the stuff that you have, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if people see me at a party, they see me come in a nice car, they, they think I live on a nice side of town, you know, I'm dressed up, you know, maybe mm -hmm. carrying some designer nonsense. That's what I call it these days. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, uh, their view of me and, you know, I own a couple of companies, everything just seems, oh, you know. Yeah, geez, yeah, living oh, your best life. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then behind the scenes, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> yes. I call it, I, I call it public success and private mess. Ooh, that yeah. is so good. Yeah. But I realized I had, I had this young woman reach out to me um, on my social media and she she was hurting and she, she, she on a regular basis posts her hurt on social media, which I never do. Mm -hmm. And she DM me and she said, you know, I really would love to have your life. And that's when it hit me like, whoa, no, you don't Girl. want this. <laughs> you don't want this. You know, this is a mess right here. Like I got a mess over here. I really do. And I realized that I really needed to start speaking more in terms of real life and yeah I post the pictures and the pictures look all happy every day but that's really not my reality that's not the, well it's not the whole let's 
it's yeah. not your entire reality. It is, it's right. part of your reality. Cause it's not like you're faking it. Right. But to your right. point, no. it's not your entire reality. No, yes. No. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, you know, I, I just, like I said, I would say in this year, I, I've inched out there a little bit and a little bit and said, okay, I need to be open and honest, um, you know, not giving my whole life, because I'm still a very private person, mm -hmm. but still letting people know that I hurt too. And there are things that have happened to me that have in the, in the past, and still not living in the past, but kind of saying, hey, this is what happened in my past. I know you don't think this is what happened, but this is what went down. And <laughs> this is, you know, what it is today. But I see the future as an amazing place that for me to to, to, to walk into and I'm looking forward you know to every day of that yeah and the future let's be clear is today so yes, yes. and yes. you're walking into your today future right oh, now and 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 I love that you're here I think yes. this just even speaks I, I'm, I'm always appreciative when people share and come on but obviously based on what you described you coming and sharing with us today is huge as mm -hmm. part of this so so thank you for being willing to share with us. And, and I can't wait to see and hear how many folks respond. I'm, I'm, it'll be a gift to both of us to yeah. see how many people appreciate hearing this. And it's so crazy because as you described everything you just described, that is, that's the long version of why we're doing disruptive discourse. Reimagining success by disrupting the archaic definitions of professionalism and success, right? And so to your yeah. point, historically, and not even historically, like to this moment, we're living in a world where success is defined by external, right? And mostly career and finance. And so obviously you're a college grad, you're a successful businesswoman, right? Check, check, check. And those are the pictures people are seeing, the nice house in the suburbs and the nice car and the nice clothes. And because of what I do, right, I, I literally, I tell people, like, I have seen glimpses of the worst of many people. I, I It's like I have this closet of, of bodies from all of the things that people share with me discreetly. And so I know that the world... Is I mean we're all humans having a human experience and 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 even for my own story like as was you and and I remember you and I had a conversation of you and so now as I hear you today I understand what you were saying to me a while back you said you told me that I inspired you because of how I showed up so transparently and authentically publicly um, yeah. and so now as you tell me more I, I it means so much more when I go back and think about what you said to me. So thank you for that. Um, but, but this is what it's all about, Sherry, because, you know, my passion and why I'm even like, what is my, what, what, did, what do I wake up and go to sleep thinking about? It's how do we disrupt this world in a way where we redefine success in a way that says, let's have it all. We can have it all. However, we can't have it all if we don't disrupt how we're defining things and, um, if we don't lean into being real, first of all, with self, right, getting in there and looking at that funky stuff, right, so that we can do something about it. Because as you're seeing, right, as soon as you open yourself up to exploring these things, we can have it all for real. You can be successful in your career, in your finance, in your romance, 
in your physical health, in your social well-being, right? And so it's not to say we're aspiring for a perfect life because there isn't one, but we are we are aspiring for and can live a life in which we're authentic, first of all, because I love you describing that. I, I think what I hear you describing is what I know because I live this way, like people people are suppressing self all day long, right? And so when you just start to show up to the world unapologetically and you just own who you are, you you start to realize you're not going to lose anything because people real, feel like they're going to lose something. Because to me, if you lose something by being yourself, it's, it's, it's actually a loss, right? Because to me, it's more like, okay, good for me to know that this person was only around because they thought this about me or they only wanted to be with me while I look and feel and act like this, but not right. So it's like the greatest gift you can give yourself is this authenticity to self. And then the world responds. Now we get to attract who we are. We attract who we are. Right. So it's like, now I'm authentic. Now I'm attracting others who are authentic. So I just appreciate so much you describing you, you literally told the story of why I do what I do because I know and I hope you know, Sherry, you're among most who were living this self-suppressed life. And I'm just excited for you that you're now in this space to be able to enjoy it. So yeah. we got to probably do a follow-up at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it's setting boundaries. I was really poor at setting boundaries. Very mm-hmm. poor. I was so poor at it that I would let people do things to me, right? I married into this strong New York City family, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, the, what, that's different from an Alabama family. You know, mm-hmm. an Alabama woman. I'm just going to be honest. They say what they think, right? And I'm just like, wait a minute. Did they just say what they totally did? <laughs> out loud? I honestly did not know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So what, what was happening was, you know, I'd, I'd go in a room and I'd call my grandma. And I'd be like, Grandma, you know, they said this to me, you know. And then I then I try to tell Kevin, my husband, and he'd be like, "Well, just address it." And I'm like, <laughs> well, "That's rude." I would. I'd be like, "Right, well, right." And and what has happened here recently? And it's it's me, not them. It's me because I didn't set boundaries. I've been mm-hmm. married twenty two years. I didn't set boundaries within either one of our families until now until probably last year or so, year two. Mm-hmm. And people are going, whoa, we don't know that person. We're did Sherry, did, did, did Sherry just tell me to pipe down? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And also said, this is not what's going to go down. How about mm-hmm. this? This is not what's going to happen. This is not what's going to happen in my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's love here. And if that's not something that you can do, then you know, you're not welcome to come back. Boom. And that's hard for a lot of people, a lot of people, because I'm not going to tolerate some things anymore, and, but I'm vocal about it. You know, yes. at the same point, this is a boundary. You cannot cross it with me. And yeah, if that's going to be a problem. Then, you know, I wish you well in life. And <laughs> that's been, I, I can tell you've been practicing this in oh, real yeah. life. <laughs> it's been good. And it's been so freeing. You know, I have all these relatives that follow me on my social media, but never comment. And, you know, that's always interesting to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I actually had a relative today, you know, to request to be, I don't know, 
I don't call it friends, but requests to follow me on social media. <laughs> you know, I'll let them in because I don't mind you watching me live my best, my best life. life. Ooh. I don't have a problem with that. Look at you, girl. I, look, you talking about you about a year in, but I feel like you're light years into this journey because you are owning the heck out of this space. So that's, that said, I, I cannot wait to, for you to tell answer this next question. So you completed <laughs> the true success evaluation. And you are fresh on this journey. So we, you know, we focus on within the Joy Society and in my coaching, it's personal and professional development. What were, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts on the assessment, the comparing of the two, any, just what, what came to mind when you completed your, your assessment? Um, I, I don't know if anything came to mind. I think it's, I think, I thought they were all questions that made, you know, I thought, I think were questions that made sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I've assessed myself in all those areas already mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know I've assessed you know I've, I've done I've taken a lot of assessment in stock over you know like I'm not putting enough time here I'm not putting enough time there because we have a my husband and I own a business uh, that is not our first business is a local business right that's different than starting a global company and mm -hmm. In starting a global business, you know, that we've never done before, right? Um, not a lot of African Americans start global businesses <laughs> mm -hmm. and successful global businesses, right? And I would say, you know, having a type A spouse, and I mean, you know, very focused, wants it to be successful. And then, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's go pick sunflowers today. <laughs> I ain't got time to be picking sunflowers today. I got a conference call at two, you know. Right. I don't have to be a conference call at two. Let's pick sunflowers. So, trying to, because <laughs> I am, I'm that, I've always been that student. I was always that, that person that just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as I'm speaking to you right now, my, my, my window's in front of me. And, mm -hmm. and I think you really have some ADHD. I probably have a dose of that. Probably needed to take a pill of Concerta when I was promoting that as a school rep. <laughs> But I, I always, you know, I do need more self-care. Like I, mm -hmm. I need more alone time before I can be with you time. And mm -hmm. that hasn't been the case, right, with in the last probably four to five years with me completely having to neglect my family to take care of my, my mother who was passing away, who was mm -hmm. diagnosed with cancer and lived in Alabama. That didn't help. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any caregivers in Alabama. So that caused me to dip out of our entire life. You know, my daughter's senior year just dip. And be, I mean, I was in Alabama for, you know, sometimes 30, 35 days, month here, month there. And the next thing you know, you know, you know, my husband's having to jump in and just kind of do things because I wasn't present, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when my mother finally passed away, I'm in charge of you know, her estate and my grandmother's estate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got family members who don't like me, you know, they're barking at me. I've got, you know, a home where there's a lot going on in the home, got a daughter getting ready to go to college, trying to figure that out, trying to keep her healthy and whole, a husband who's trying to, you know, trying to figure out where you at. I need you to get back here and be a mom. <laughs> yeah. and, and listen, I'll be very transparent. It was just some mornings I didn't want to get out of the bed. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't that I couldn't, I didn't want to face the challenges, you know, that I had before me, mm -hmm. uh, that hurt, right? 
uh, I realized that I probably never was going to speak to some of my family members ever again. I, I realized that it was just a reality and what I knew in my childhood was no longer going to be in my adulthood. And then I realized, okay, I'm transitioning. My, my motherhood is, is, is changing from not, you know, necessarily raising and seeing the day to day of my daughter, but more guide, more of a guider, you know, more mm -hmm. of her coming to me and saying, Hey mom, this happened today. She lives on her own in Atlanta, Georgia. So she doesn't, she's going to do whatever, right. That she wants to do every day, but you know, being a guider in her life and, and hopefully preparing her for her next age of, of adulthood. So, and then having a husband, right. Who, spent all his years in corporate America very successfully and kind of going into this realm, we both are in this realm where there's nobody to tell us we're wonderful. You know, if I want to sit down and write on my business card that I'm CEO, COO, AAAAO, you know, I can do it <laughs> business card, right? <laughs> right? So I don't even have a title. My husband likes titles. I don't have a title. I'm just, I call myself the chief chick, you know, but I just, you know, just really trying to understand what, well, society recognizes this. And especially being African-American, there's just certain things in the African-American community that are recognized mm -hmm. and want to try to achieve those things. And I, I shop for all of that. And now I know folks don't know what to make of me because <laughs> I like the opposite of all of the things that I would say people look at to kind of validate you in life. And then I realized I just don't need validation. I just don't even know. That's not even a motivator for me, validation from others. Yeah. So, the, the, one of the things I feel like I'm hearing you say is that you are maneuvering through the vacillation, be, vacillating between choosing you and choosing others, prioritizing you and prioritizing prioritizing others, be it in in the, the sphere of family as a parent, uh, the, the sphere of romance when you think about your 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 marriage and even yeah. between you and your business, right, of this vacillation between how do I choose what the priority is? And it sounds like because, and I'm going back to what you said when we first started talking, you, you essentially trained folks to expect, right, that they would be put first, right? And so yeah. then you you mess around and go through this little midlife growth period and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, so they're like, where were you at? What you doing? <laughs> let me know, menopause happened right after my mom. Mm, that mm, right? And that. We just put that cherry on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put that little, I sprayed the whipped cream and added a cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So in so going back to your assessment, you said there there's nothing that stood out, and I, I didn't figure it would, considering you're in this space of self reflection. I don't know if you had a chance on, and I ask you, I didn't ask you to review this because I I wanted to to do this there, but um you know we we designed this on purpose uh, to just simply ask the question at the beginning, rate yourself in these eight areas, and then the second assessment actually has you to answer questions that then gives you a rating, right? And so I don't know if you noticed, but one of the things that stood out to me, and this is, I've yet to have someone have the exact same outcomes, but 
your emotional well-being and you didn't have any low scores right as in like you're you're not even on the scale but just comparatively it was one of the lower ones on the surface uh just one question rating it's number one though when you answered the questions of what behaviors would go behind having success in your emotional sphere. Did that stand out to you? Did you pick up on that? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I definitely, I recognize that my answers were pretty much almost the same, same, similar. I didn't get a chance to really dig deep, but yeah. I was like, oh, the same, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, Liz, I have to say, I, I don't know if I, I am at a much clearer and better place in my life than I've ever been. So I don't have anything to hide, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, if the outcomes came back, you know, I think it was a score up to 30. If it came back five, then it came back That's five. That's what it is. Yeah, no doubt. That's where I am, right? So I, I don't think I dug in that way because I've already spent years digging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I've already I'm spent with you. time laying in the bed, in my robe, eating bonbons, you know, endlessly, you know, probably Oreos, not really bonbons. But, and well, I think that's why you're, 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 that, that's your actual highest rating. You've been doing yeah. that work. So I, I love seeing that because, I would imagine based on what you've described, I mean, just a year ago, if you would have completed these assessments, these numbers would be different. How you're showing up would obviously be different. And so I think you're, you're really just describing, you know, I tell people this, the hardest thing you'll ever do is bust yourself open and get up in there and explore those dark spaces and, and face the ugly but it's the greatest thing you can ever do for yourself, right? And so I think what you're describing here is you're 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 seeing the manifestation of doing that internal uh, search. And you know something that you know I'd like to share as well, Liz. You know, you actually came into my life at a time where, like, I believe that there's no coincidence in anything that we do in life. I think. You know, there's divine purpose and, and everything. And, you know, we go way back. Um, I, I've just been watching you. I've been kind of peeping at you. <laughs> I was like, you know, wow. You know, she's being so honest about these things that I just never even knew about. Mm -hmm. And that was very motivating for me, even before I kind of went through this time of like heavy loss, heavy pain. I would say reflecting on things that I saw you like be very open about. I, it, it, some of that, you know, some of what you went through helped me mm -hmm. and I was leaning kind of on some of the things that you posted, like, okay. Mm. You know? And what I realized, if you had asked me this definitely two years ago, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't be here with you right now. It was just no right. way I could put myself together. <laughs> You'd still be in that cave? <laughs> yeah, I would with my robe on. <laughs> and Oreos. <laughs> and Oreos, back. But, um, you know, what I realized is that I, it took me back to something my grandmother said to me a long time ago. And I, I used to drive her around. I call it driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> and she said, you know, you look at each one of these houses. It doesn't matter if it's a mansion or if it's a little shack. They all have issues in them. And uh, I'm not sure if you remember when Kate Spade um, 
unfortunately, you know, she committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when that happened. And I thought, here this lady is with all this money, right? Fame, things that people are, are trying to reach, yet very broken and unhappy. And, you know, killed herself and then committed suicide and then, you know, left a note, you know, for her her ex-husband and, you know, her daughter, her, her young daughter. And what what I realized is, you know, I know life is hard. That's probably the the, the main thing that I, I want to say. I've lived some hard days that people didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, you know, normally until I went through this, you know, evolution, I, I wouldn't have ever disclosed. I would have allowed you to see me as Sherry Lloyd with the white picket fence and a stallion and a white, you know, big old white black <laughs> I would have. I mean, that was my, you know, that was my cover, right? Mm-hmm. Because all I was trying to do when I got out of college was live what my family imposed upon me. You know, you, you want to buy a big house, you want to have mm-hmm. a really big car, you know, in Alabama, you want to wear a mean coat, even though it's hot as heck down there. You <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 it turned into, wow, you know, my testimony my, my testimony is where I am now. Yes. You know, I know that I, I am, yes, I run a company. Yes, I'm building a company. Yes, no, every day is not beautiful. Mm-hmm. Most days are always issues. And, but the beauty of it is that I get to say as a 51-year-old woman is, look what I've been through. And I mm-hmm. made it through. Absolutely. I made it through. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the gift of, you know, so many of us that are professionals, leaders and business owners, we go real hard in the paint on the mm-hmm. professional development side and then completely yeah. ignore the personal development. And again, I know because I live this life that when you do both, you uh, you live your best life. So I'm yeah. just glad to hear you tapping into that awesomeness that I know because I live it. Um, yeah. Let me ask you as we wrap up, How would you define success today versus how you defined it in the past? For me, it's just living my authentic life, living the life that was designed for me. If that would have been being a cashier at the fruit stand, then being okay with that, be okay with that. Um, Everyone's not designed to be a CEO, COO, I see all this social media stuff about be a boss and everybody's not designed to do that. Right. Um, I, I have to go back to when my husband was a leader in leadership and retail, uh, retail, they would have these set processes. You know, you, 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 you become a store manager, you know, then you become, you know, a district leader and then you become this and then you become that. Like it was really set mm-hmm. and then we fail, right. They, they were really good store managers, but then they'd go to the district level and they would just bomb. And then people would have a hard time, you know, then they felt like they needed to quit because it was, a, it, you know, I always say, well, why won't they just go back to what they were doing? They were really good there. Mm-hmm. But to, for them, to society, that looks like a failure. Failure. Right? Yeah. And it's not. It's just not. And, and we need to be vocal about saying, I, I see a different change happening today. I've heard it's called quiet quitting and all these different term, terms that I hear mm-hmm. that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really love seeing this change in how we work because I do think in America, and then African Americans are whole, are completely different, right? And us trying to achieve what we mm-hmm. what we the American dream that adds even more pressures onto us 
then, you know, on top of that pressure we already have, you know, and then trying to be whole for yourself and, you know, before you can be whole for someone else. So I, I think it's okay to say to someone, you know, you don't have to be the CEO. You know, maybe you're just really good working for someone else and being in this particular role, and that's okay. And you know, needed. And, and needed. We need right. all the roles. Right. Right. <laughs> so, it's nothing wrong. Everybody doesn't need to go to college, right? Mm-hmm. It's a business. It's not, you know, it, it is. And everyone isn't necessarily designed for that. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But we don't. You know, I've gone to many events where Kevin and I stood next to a couple and that couple maybe had a few more letters behind their name, but I knew that they, you know, were having a lot of issues, you know, maybe financially and just, you know, things weren't quite where they, and, and, and if you look at the, the net worth of both couples, I think you viewed us as not having the mm. highest net worth, but the view was they had the highest net worth. We, we had, that, that situation happened to us. And I remember kind of chuckling about it, like, they don't think we are, you know, where, where we are. Mm-hmm. They think they are where we are. And right. it's true, you know. And yeah. For me, I think you got to be okay with just owning your own information. And even if others don't see it, that's okay. Because it will pen- it will be penetrating. What mm-hmm. I find is people navigate towards me just because I'm confident in who I am. And I just don't care what you think. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Sherry, I just want to ask as we wrap up, and I, I just think, again, this, this, this to me, the essence of living this journey of essentially self-suppression for, for a very long period of time, and then yes. having the courage, I would say the courage to lean in, to disrupt yourself, that's self-disruption. That was something that came up in one of our other podcasts, the idea of self-disruption, what suggestions, what inspiration, what words could you share with someone who perhaps is still living in that space where they are maintaining the imagery uh, and or maintaining the definitions and boundaries uh, put upon them, either through culture, through gender conditioning, through family and or all of the above? You know, the biggest thing for me was um, I just really had to get rid of those voices that were around me that were enabling me to live in that negative space. Mm. I had to do that first, and that took a lot of courage because some of those people were related to me, mm-hmm. uh, right? And, you know, to, to say this is, you know, this is probably going to be the end, more than likely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I appreciate you for, for, you know, whatever it was that you offered. I can't think of it right now, but <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it was something. something. <laughs> Probably ate your food or something like that, but I don't, I can't right now, I can't think. But you have to, you have to get, you have to move away from that. And as soon as you can, because it's really hard to move into a positive zone where you're carrying the negative baggage with you, the negative garbage bag everywhere that you go. So, uh, you know, that would be my first thing. And, and, and then just listening to your inner self. I believe our inner self always tells us. I was watching someone last night and they were, you know, this lady, I can't, I don't, I don't, she, I can't remember her name, but it was, she's on TikTok. And <laughs> I guess that's where we get all our information now. <laughs> but, um, 
the one thing she did say to make complete sense to me, right? You know, you, you, we, we've got to stop comparing ourselves. And, you know, I can remember, you know, talking on the phone to, pe to people for hours and in my gut would just be sick inside. And I'd hang up the phone and I'd think, why did I give this person two hours? Where, there's the answer. Mm. Two hours. Mm -hmm. Don't give the person, don't even answer, answer the phone. Just don't. So I think for me and where I am right now, and because I shed all of this like a sheep, they, you know, I've been sheared. I shed all <laughs> of this matted hair that was on me, that I, this weight that I was carrying. Now I can walk into, you know, who I was always supposed to be freely without judgment and be surrounded by people who honestly just surround me and show me love and care. But you mm -hmm. got to do that first, and that's the hard. That that's hard. That's really hard because it may be people in your house or around you who's causing you, you know, some of these feelings, and and, yeah. and those are addressed immediately. Yeah, that's that's good, and that leads me to one more question. I know that that was the last one, but this one I think will be equally as helpful to folks. Any thoughts or words of wisdom or anything you can share about maneuvering as a powerful, smart woman? who's married to a powerful, smart man, right? You're moving and shaking, doing your thing, right? And there are these gender conditioning realities going on. There's these role expectations that we put on ourselves, that other people put on us. Any thoughts you could share, suggestions, or even things you're trying to still figure out about maneuvering as a woman, and you think about this gender conditioning of traditionally we are expected to yield right and anything other than that you'd be in disrespectful blah 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 any final thoughts on maneuvering that reality yeah that's a great one and that's one i probably am I'm sorry i'm sliding off my my stool <laughs> don't get too excited on us we don't want to disrupt like that <laughs> there's not enough speed here for me just let me just say that but anyway um <laughs> you know I, I would say i have a spouse who is not used to seeing me be who I am right now. Mm -hmm. And I've always been there, you know, when we married, I knew he was climbing the ladder. I, I just knew that. And I knew I would follow, like mm -hmm. I knew that. And then, you know, I would say here recently, some tables have turned, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going, hey, I need to step out here mm -hmm. and I, you know, I need for people to see me, not because, um, really not because I'm trying to be make seen. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not that. It's more of, I want you to see me because I have something to share with you. The, that with the world. You. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's more of where my angle will always be. If, I, if you want to call it an angle, um, that's, that's difficult. And I would say we're still maneuvering in that, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's, he's a type A, right? He, he's, he's, <laughs> he's used to me going, yeah, go get it, go get him, go get him. Right. Mm -hmm. And he would never cheer me on. It's just that it's been some spotlights put on me. And I think that maybe sometimes that that's different, right? Mm -hmm. well, like, that's different. I can't even believe, I didn't even know you wanted to do that. Right. Mm -hmm, it's probably mm -hmm. more thoughts. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm carving out where I should be and he's trying to adjust to what I'm carving out for me. And mm -hmm. it's nothing wrong with that. 
it's an adjustment for for everyone, including my daughter. Um, it, it's, it's an adjustment for me. So I, I would just encourage, I, I think it just goes back to being your authentic self. If you force yourself to do something, it's just never going to feel right. You should mm -hmm. move in where, in, in, in whatever your movement is, whatever the, the, the universe, if people want to call it that, or whatever, you know, this mm -hmm. having you move, move in that, mm -hmm. right? Don't move in what someone wants you to do. Because oftentimes people would ask me to do things. I just feel like, oh, I don't, that's not me. Because mm -hmm. they think it's me. Somebody walk up to me and she goes, you would be a great voiceover. And I literally told this woman, no, ma'am, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. That's not, that's not my calling. And, no, and, and I would never have said anything like that to this person. Mm. I maybe would have taken her words and been like, yeah, maybe I should go and do voiceover work, you know, because I was doing those things. I was doing things based on what I saw other people do. I, I got my real estate license for no reason at all, knowing <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Like, why would I? It just made no sense because I like houses, right? That's <laughs> right. complete waste of money. I was sitting there in the class going, okay, I just can't, I got to go through the classes. Or I paid them and they're not going to give it back to me. But, you know, do when you listen to your inner self, and if you're married or have a partner, you know, or children, you know, you, you will, they could struggle in that. They could struggle in where you're trying to go. And I think it takes some nurturing um, in those relationships. And if there are people who love you and really want the best for you and are willing to, because they may have to change a little bit to, 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 to watch you walk into where you need to go. You can't change them. Let me first say mm -hmm. that. You can't change them. They yes. got yeah. want to walk with you as you mm -hmm. in your journey. So that, you know, that would be probably, you know, where I sit today. It's just, mm -hmm. I, I'm walking in some things that no one has seen me do. No one. And it's all very new to the people who are around me, including my husband and, and my daughter. Woo! How's my look? How's my look? Come on, Metaverse, come through for me. Wow, that was just so inspiring. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the key message of Sherry's story is it is never too late. You know, I think about, you know, for her, she's, I mean, she ain't old, right? But she's seasoned. She got a she got a 20-year-old daughter, right? And I just think it's cool the way she's realizing, like, she was teaching her daughter, you know, to be herself, to be bold, right? More as a disconnected lesson because she wasn't necessarily quite there yet. And, and in her daughter leaning into it, now she's leaning in. And so I just think this is, you know, so often we think it's too late, you know, you know, whatever. There's no reason ever to not get into whatever it is you want for yourself, lean into exploring, you know, what's going on for yourself and and daring yourself to, to, to rethink things. So I just am so inspired by, you know, it's like, I think of a, almost like a flower blossoming in front of our eyes. So I really, I think we'll have to do a follow-up interview with Sherry just to see where she goes with this. But, you know, just a takeaway for you, if you're someone who felt feels like it's too late, it may be because of age, it may be because uh, how many kids you have, uh, maybe because, you know, I have a client now who's in, in his third marriage 
and potentially another divorce. But, you know, I tell them like, are we going to count whether or not we had too many divorces or are we going to count whether or not we're happy, right? So let's keep going. Let's keep finding our way to our best life. So, you know, I think Sherry just really exudes that. Her story can inspire us in that way. The other thing that, that I think stands out and, and really can be helpful is to think about how, especially I think for us Gen Xers and boomers, right? There's a lot of tradition, right? That we were raised in. And um, we were also raised not to to honor that tradition and to, to keep it going, right? And so it's really courageous for Sherry to lean in and be willing to explore you know, and it's not a knock on her parents or her, you know, elders or family, but it's just saying like, are the things that you were taught what you believe to be true? Are those definitions you want to subscribe to? What, you know, what do you see? How do you define what being feminine is? What do you define as professional? What do you define as success? What do you define as a good family? All of those things that we just kind of like, are given all of these quote unquote truths and theoretic, theoretical concepts that, and we're raised to just, you know, this is what it is. And so I need you to take this and run with it, right? And just do it. And so, you know, just having that courage. And I'll tell you, I went on that, that journey myself, not just with, you know, what does it mean to be feminine? Uh, it was, what does it mean to be kind? I went through that journey. My version of kind probably don't match yours. And I bet you I'm happier than you. I don't know. Try me. Because like, I just realized like this version of kind where I'm just supposed to always yield to everyone at my own peril every single time. Like that ain't, that's not really working for me. And I know I'm a kind person. So let me think about my definition of kind that I want to live by, right? Another thing that I explored was you know, religion, being raised Christian. What does that mean? Uh, and I know I ain't gonna go too deep because y'all ain't gonna come for me, right? But that's another one of those spaces where you're raised and it's expected you will believe the, the exact same thing that you were taught. But what if there's new insight that you, that, that can come alive for you in a new way? It may mean that you totally change religions. It may just mean that that how you see it, how you celebrate a holiday, you know, how you uh, determine what a relationship is supposed to look like. Maybe it's different for you and you're still within the overall context and belief of what you value. So I think this is, again, another opportunity. Sherry gives us a great example of the importance of doing that. And, and as hard as it is, because it's definitely hard. That's why a lot of us don't do it. It's super totally worth it, right? So hopefully this encouraged you as well. If, if, you know, you're kind of on the fence, it never hurts to explore, you know? It doesn't hurt to just consider kind of reviewing things, double click on some stuff, ask why, why do I believe that? Does that fit for me? Whose idea was that? Is that mine? Is that the one I wanna keep? You know, so that you can continue to grow and reach your personal and professional goals. So as always, it's great to have you with us. Please connect with us, follow us, engage with us on social media. Certainly subscribe to this content. Whatever it is, connect with us. Keep getting fed because that's why we're here. We'll see you on the next episode.